What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Letterman Lounge, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. Whatever you want to call us, just don't call us late for the show. That's Andrew. That's Matt. We are in the Letterman Lounge talking Ohio State recruiting. I'm obviously Spencer. You can see it down there. And you probably know me if you're watching this video. So, guys, let's get started. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not even going to – I'm going to skip the small talk and get right to it. Is Ohio State in a recruiting rut, Andrew, yes or no? I would say no, just because they've, you know, they've obviously landed some of their top targets over the last few weeks, but there's also no denying that losing your top two longtime linebacker targets in a matter of three days to other schools is not a good thing. Um, trending in the wrong direction on some other recruitments as well. So uh, it's not the um, – it hasn't been the best couple of days on the Ohio State recruiting front. Let's just, let's just put it that way, I guess. Matt, is Ohio State in a recruiting rut? Yes or no? No, but it is heading its way to a rut if it can't get another commitment here soon or some kind of clarity on, on a recruiting battle soon. All right. So that's settled. I guess we can stop the show. It's over. Good, good, good job, guys. Good show. But let's talk about that. It's not a rut. I, I, I venture to say it is absolutely not a rut because we're going to talk about Jelani Thurman here in a minute. And that is a high-end tight end prospect that is unlike a lot of tight ends Ohio State has had in a while. He is a very, very talented player. But I will say, with news about Caleb Downs potentially trending toward Alabama, with Olasa Lennon trending toward Alabama and Miami, with Jaden Bonsu trending toward Miami uh, the last couple weeks, with the linebackers things happening, and with the lack of a – timeline on when Arvell Reese to kind of say, okay, this is where the bleeding stopped at linebacker. We can, they can still land Arvell Reese. There is a chance, like you said, Matt, for a little bit of a slide here. Now we are talking about the number two class in the country. One of the top classes in the country. There is no such thing as a down time right now for Ohio state recruiting, but the last few days, like you said, Andrew have not been kind to this effort. And I think it will be very, very good for the Buckeyes to get back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, reconvene, reassess their targets, and become – or get back to doing business and, and maybe maybe have the, the vacations be over. I think it will be a good thing for everybody. Thoughts, Andrew? No, I mean, you said – you mentioned the vacations, and it's kind of like this staff vacation that they went on this most recent one kind of coincided with things plummeting a bit. So, you know, I mean, I don't know, like – Maybe just them getting back in back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Maybe that'll get some things turned around. But um, like you said, they have the number two class in the country. The last week hasn't been the best week, but um, they're not in a terrible spot right now. Not the end of the world by any means. Matt, if I'm Ohio State, even even on vacation, you know the vacation's coming to an end here at the end of the week. If I'm Ohio State, I'm defensively making the push right now to let Arvell Reese know that he is Ohio State's linebacker front seven defensive priority right now. That's just purely on the front seven right now. I think it's so important for them to have that effort and to have uh, Reese know that he's the priority. He is there. It's, it's no longer Tackett Curtis. It's no longer Troy Bowles. It is Arvell Reese. He is their number one at linebacker. And I think having him know that he is the number one priority could speed things up and stop the potential bleeding 
if you will, from happening. If you want to look at some positives for Ohio State, uh, Jaden Bonsu could be delaying his decision, according to uh, some people out there on the internet. Uh, John Walker will be announcing, I believe, July 28th. Um, that is a battle I could definitely see Ohio State winning. I'm not going to put an RPM in quite yet, but I do feel like Ohio State's in a pretty good spot right now. I know there's a lot of scuttlebutt out there about maybe staying closer to home and, and what maybe some family wants from him. But I think the, the decision from him could be, a good news, could be good news for the Buckeyes. And then Caleb Downs is supposed to make his decision at the end of July. And we don't have this on the rundown, but I, I think this is where we should go, even before Jelani Thurman, because Thurman is a big target, and I understand that. But, guys, it's, it's kind of weird. We talk about Caleb Downs every episode, and I know Andrew absolutely loves that we get to do that. But the fact that these Alabama predictions have come in in the last two weeks – but every time he's talked about, there's the, but watch out for Ohio State. But make sure you don't count on Ohio State. I, I'm not going to discount anyone else's reporting. That's not what I'm here to do. But I, well, I also learned from somebody who's really good at this whole recruiting thing. And, and I've been taught to read a lot of tea leaves. And if Ohio State is still in this battle right now, and he's going to make a decision at the end of July, and the people I've talked to tell me not to count out Ohio State either, who are at Ohio State, I still think Ohio State is in a very good spot for Caleb Downs. And that's weird to say, considering the weight that people who have put predictions into Alabama carry. I'm not going to back away from my Ohio State prediction because I think that Caleb Downs will ultimately end up at Ohio State. I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this because Ohio State continues to come up in that recruitment despite the momentum to Alabama. I, I'm just not really buying it as much as everybody else is. I'm – I'm with you on that. Like, I don't think this is a done deal either way. I mean, for the longest time, I thought the kid was going to Georgia. It sure seems like Georgia is running third in that race right now. Um, I, I will say Alabama got kind of a shock the recruiting world commitment the other day with Justice Haynes, the Georgia legacy, committing to Alabama. And he's pretty tight with Caleb Downs, too. So I don't really like that. But, um, I mean, Ohio State's not going to go down without a fight on this one. And I, I don't think all hope is lost there by any means. Also, if you're someone that, like me, who likes to look into what these kids are posting, um, what these kids are posting, what they're retweeting, what they're liking, so on and so forth, you do a quick dive and the, the Alabama fans that are coming out and saying, oh, Caleb Downs, he's going to, you know, going to Bama, going to be part of the Crimson Tide. Ohio State fans will come right back and they'll say something and, and Downs retweets it. Um, so take that for what it's worth, which is – Probably not a whole lot, but he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't he have also, to do that. And, and Matt, I don't mean to cut you off, but he also doesn't really talk a lot. So when he does say something, you kind of have to read into it a little bit. And so, you know, I, I think I'm with you there. I don't think this is a done deal at all. Um, what is a done deal, and I think we can move on from there, what is a done deal is Jelani Thurman committing to Ohio State, another Georgia prospect, one of the top, I think, 11. I think he's the number 11 player in Georgia, maybe in the top 10. Uh, this is a big gift for the Buckeyes. Uh, I don't want to discount it at all, given that it's a tight end in Ohio State. I know that I know everybody, they don't throw to the tight ends. I understand that. But to have Ty Lockwood and to have Jelani Thurman in the class, along with these receivers, you're continuing to see Ohio State stack up weapons that are unguardable. Because if you try to guard some, like like this year, if you try to guard Jackson Smith and Jigwell with two guys, good luck, because there's other guys that are going to burn you, including the tight ends that haven't proven themselves yet and Trayvon Henderson out of the backfield. Well, this 23 class is looking like it's setting up for the same thing. Mark Fletcher's going to be able to punch you in the mouth with his running style, 
And then you, if you try to defend that, then they're going to hit you over the top with these incredible 23 receivers. And then if you try to defend that, they can go over the middle to Jelani Thurman or to Ty Lockwood. Those guys are big bodied. And so is this a, as big of a commitment as some of the others have been? No, but the positional versatility that Ohio State's getting from Jelani Thurman and Ty Lockwood in this tight end class, I think that's bigger than a lot of people giving are giving it credit for in this class. The thing I like about the Jelani Thurman commitment so much is, and I can't help to see this, is the pairing of Ty Lockwood and Jelani Thurman reminds me so much of Luke Farrell and Jeremy Rucker. They have very similar size, very similar skill set, and granted, Ryan Day's offense is a little different than Urban Myers. You know, they like to spread things around a little more. They would like to get back to kind of the same run presence that they had with Urban Meyer. But the way that they can utilize these tight ends with how much Ohio State likes to throw the ball, these two guys are the two to do it with. So I'm going to come out here and say that this is going to establish a trend for Ohio State. And it's not going to be that number one guy, that number one tight end in the class, because that's the way that this position is trending to. Both uh, Ty Lockwood – Jelani Thurman, 165, 166. They're both 225 on the nose. This is a good get for Ohio State. This is a really good get for Ohio State. Yeah, I've I've seen some other fan bases, um, especially up in East Lansing, suggest that Jelani Thurman will catch like 10 passes in four years in Columbus. And, you know, maybe that happens. But but in all all seriousness, like he's just a different kind of athlete than they've had at the tight end position, I think. Um, he wants to play college basketball as well. I know people say that a lot and it never ends up happening, but he's just a different kind of athlete and having him along tight with Ty Lockwood, like, like Matt said, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better pairing. Um, I, he has a special place in my heart cause I still have his dad's Jersey from when he played for the Bengals back in the day. Um, but no, just, <laughs> it's just a really big pickup for, uh, for Kevin Wilson and the Ohio state offense. And, you know, every, every year we see, more two tight end sets at Ohio State with Jeremy Ruckert and with Luke Farrell. I, th- I think, you know, if you look at these two guys and want to compare them to that, I would say Lockwood's probably more of a Farrell. And and the way that the athleticism shows up on the tape with Thurman is kind of reminiscent of the way that Jeremy Ruckert was athletic in high school. Uh, I think Thurman's a little bigger than Jeremy Ruckert. But but I can see those comparisons, and I know those guys were, were two years apart. But when they were on the field together, it was like a different element to the Ohio State offense. I just remember – sitting in the press box of the, the at the Superdome and just wondering if Clemson was ever going to be able to cover those two. Uh, and I think you could see a similar effect with that class. I agree, Matt. I think that's a, that's an apt comparison. Um, even if this, the skill sets might not exactly match, but the athleticism of Thurman could be definitely, uh, you know, compared to that athleticism we saw from, from Jeremy Ruckert. Um, but the question now becomes with Jelani Thurman and Ty Lockwood, who's going to throw them the ball in this 2023 class. And I think that's a perfect launch point to the next topic. And that is Ohio state quarterback recruiting is at a, just an odd, odd spot right now. You talk about waiting on a decision from Austin Novosad. You talk about Brock Glenn still kind of in that recruiting purgatory of, you know, is he going here? Is he going there? Is is he going anywhere at all? Um, And then, there are potential other options popping up, but they're not because they, you know, there's not a possibility of Ohio state landing them. And so I, it's just a weird spot for Ohio state to be in because you can't worry because of Dylan Rayola and Devin Brown sandwiched with the 23 class sandwiches between them. 
But also, you, you, you really do need to worry because we keep saying it, but if Devin Brown wins the job next year and Kyle McCord decides not to be the backup, Ohio State's screwed. <laughs> so this quarterback class is getting very interesting in a hurry. Uh, Andrew, I'll, I'll have, have you start this off because I think Matt has something good that we can, we can launch off of. I, I have absolutely no idea who Ohio State is going to land at quarterback this cycle. I know they want a guy. They want a guy out of high school rather than the portal. Um, I know Notre Dame is waiting to see if Austin Novosad visits there after the dead period, and maybe that's what he's waiting on is to kind of figure out if he wants to go to South Bend or if he wants to go to College Station. Um, it seems like Brock Glenn is going to end up at Florida State. So your guess is as good as mine is who they're going to take. But I agree with you on the importance because – they could be in a bit of a tricky spot here, a quarterback down the road, so they need somebody in this class. And my best guess right now is just that it's a guy we're not even talking about is who they're going to end up landing. So we might have to wait until the fall, see who that next offer is, and, and maybe that's the guy. But it's it's just a guessing game right now. And, Matt, before you hit us with that with that juicy, juicy info, uh, I it a lot of people bring up uh, <clears throat> Kenny Minchie, the, the pit commit. A lot of people bring up J.J. Cole, the – Iowa State commit. A lot of people have brought up the fact that Alabama has two quarterbacks committed and maybe Ohio State tries to dip in there and, and maybe drive a wedge between those two guys and, and get in there to, to, to maybe poach one from the Crimson Tide. But it's just it's an interesting spot. I don't I don't think Ohio State will, unless it gets pretty desperate, go after Kenny Minchie. I, I don't I don't think Ohio State will stay in the game. For either of those Alabama commits, um, I think Alabama does a good job selling the Tua and Mac were in the same class. And so that's a pretty easy sell for Alabama, as is every recruitment is an easy sell for Alabama. But J.J. Cole is an interesting one because Matt's got some information on that. And I think Ohio State has at least tried to make that connection. Yeah, perfect segue there. I spoke with J.J. Cole Tuesday night. He actually had just finished. Uh, he actually just finished up a workout. So. That tells you a lot about, you know, all of these kids nowadays. But I spoke with J.J. Cole Tuesday night, asked him how his Elite 11 performance really opened up a lot of things in his recruitment because flat, he flat out balled. It was, it was amazing, his performance at the Elite 11. I believe on threes, Chad Simmons had him as the MVP or the uns- high praise, high praise for J.J. Cole. So I asked him about – what the performance did for his recruiting, if teams had reached out to him. And he told me that a couple of teams had, but he told him no, that he is really committed to Matt Campbell and Iowa State and what's going on in Ames. I pressed a little bit. I had to ask the question, was Ohio State one of those teams that that had reached out after his performance? And he said, yeah. So it's going to be a hard sell for, which I never thought, I would ever hear or say that about Ohio state and its quarterback room, but that's going to be a hard sell to someone. And we don't know who it is. I don't think Ohio state knows who it is either, but that's going to be a hard sell because you had mentioned earlier being sandwiched between the 22s and 21 with uh, Kyle McCord, Dylan Rayola coming up in 24, that 23 hole is such a tough spot. It's such a tough sell with that crowded Ohio state room right now. So to whoever it is, good luck, but it's difficult. I, th- I think Ohio State, and I don't want to say this as a knock on the plan because Ohio State did have a plan, 
Ohio State was slated to, to host Brock Glenn, and he didn't make the trip, and they still offered. Austin Novosad made the trip the first day of June, and, they, and Ohio State offered. And it seemed like Ohio State kind of just locked in on Austin Novosad from that point. And I understand why they would do that, but also there's a risk there with a guy who's already committed, who's waiting on a Texas A&M offer, who knows he's going to do well wherever he goes. For Ohio State to just lock in on that and not not look for options, but almost, you know, a host him a couple weeks later and then host Brock Glenn a week later. And there was nobody really that stood out ever past past Novasad in the 23 class at quarterback at June camps and recruiting camps. And I watched all of them, and there was not a 23 guy there that that really wowed anybody except for Austin Novasad. I Ohio State kind of put themselves in a little bit of a weird spot by locking in on Novasad so early in June and not maybe extending the invite to other quarterbacks to come up and camp and, and maybe see what was going on. Um, but that's just – it's just a weird spot, Andrew, and I don't know exactly where Ohio State turns. And I don't want to keep beating this dead horse, but it's just – it's the position of need in this class, and it's the – position that is the height of college football right now. So, so it's just, it, you have to talk about. Yeah. I mean, we know Dylan Rayola is coming in 2024. We know um, a guy like Ryan Montgomery and a couple others they've offered for 2025. And maybe somebody in the state of Ohio will kind of blow up this fall or something like that. Maybe um, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's anything that's going to be done here in the next month or two, unless Austin Novus had picks Ohio state. But I mean, at this point, I think we would all agree that that seems probably unlikely it's it's fun right now because you have all the speculation about 2023 quarterbacks you get to talk about dylan rayola being the the chosen one basically in 2024 and then 2025 it's ryan montgomery and it's colin hurley both kids you know love talking to the media they don't mind talking you know giving opinions to us they don't uh shy away from the limelight and they both are going to battle to maybe be ryan day's quarterback in 25 so the you can see the path there for all of this, but then there's that cloud in 23. It's just, it's such an interesting spot to be in right now. Um, the Buckeyes are also in an interesting spot. I'm going to transition uh, away from quarterback to the guy who might be blocking for whoever's playing quarterback at left tackle. Uh, the Buckeyes are in an interesting spot right now for Olasa Lennon, the tackle prospect from Connecticut. Uh, I don't think this is going the way Ohio State wants it to go, but I also know that don't leave Ohio State out of the battle and it's going to be a battle until the end is indicative of what I've been hearing the entire time of from sources inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. They're still pushing. They're still talking to him. They're not giving up on this. They still believe they have a chance, but it looks like it's starting to become a slimmer chance than maybe right after that visit. Yeah, I mean, it's never a good thing when it seems like it's a back and forth between two schools and your school is not one of them. So, I mean, it seems like it's Alabama or it's Miami. And uh, I mean, Spencer, you said Ohio state's in an interesting spot. I think they're just in a bad spot. I mean, it does, it does not seem like they're well positioned with that one at all right now. I think a month ago, we all probably would have maybe penciled him in and penciled him into our mock classes, but I, you can't say the same here today. And much like, much like it's, it's linebacker board. If things don't, Go Justin Fry in Ohio State's way on Friday, July 22nd. I believe that's Olas's announcement date. That's the day he plans to do it. If things don't go that way for Ohio State, it, 
much like the linebackers, it's got to be back to the drawing board. And it has to be as soon as that tweet gets sent out or Instagram posts or however he decides to announce his commitment, if it doesn't go Ohio State's way, that has to be right right on it, onto whoever's going to be next to fill out that offensive line board. Yeah, and and I think one of the things one of Ohio State's maybe saving grace here could be that Alabama already has a tackle committed from the the top ten in the class. Miami already has uh, Francis uh, Malgoa. I don't want to butcher the name, but I yeah, yeah, I was close enough. And Samson Okunlola is starting to trend toward Miami as well. Um, so maybe there's a, a a sliver of hope there to to keep the Canes at bay. Uh, when you're talking about keeping Miami out of it, but then recruiting against Alabama at tackle is is a tall, tall task. And I understand that that like I said, Alabama has Wilkins from Wilkins from be committed in the class, but he's an in-state guy who Alabama was going to get regardless. And then Alabama gets to spread its its net and decide who it wants. And if it wants Olasa Lennon, it's going to be hard for the Buckeyes to to team to go up against that. I do think though, and I don't. This is just me looking at options for Ohio State past, past the obvious ones that we've been talking about for months. Ohio State has interest in Monroe Freely. He's, he's from South Carolina. He's trending either Clemson, Notre Dame right now uh, in that battle. Uh, I know Justin Fry has had contact before with, with a tackle from uh, St. John Bosco out in California, Raymond uh, Pulido, uh, just because – He's got a UCLA offer. He's from Southern California. That's a connection I'm sure Justin Fry could make if he needed to. Uh, and Ohio State has Miles Walker in this class. And I, I know it sounds like I have scarlet-colored glasses on, but from everything I have been told by people in, inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, they believe that Miles Walker is much better than his ranking suggests. And the fact that he's up in the Northeast probably hurts him a lot in these rankings. And the fact that he, he – you know, is a, is a late bloomer in this recruiting process hurts him. But I would not be surprised to see him rise up the rankings and end up a little higher than Ohio State fans kind of think of him right now. And so there is a little bit of that hope given that Luke Montgomery is a tackle. And Miles Walker is a tackle they're very excited about. And they're very excited to watch what Luke Montgomery can do a tackle too. You now have two tackles to be pretty excited about. And I know that doesn't round out a class. You still need another one. But I really don't think Ohio State is in as bad of a spot right now at tackle in general as maybe some people might think it is. Andrew, thoughts? I mean, how awesome would it be if every cycle there was like a Paris Johnson Jr. in the state of Ohio? Wouldn't that just be – it just seems like these offensive tackles that are like legit offensive tackles grow in the swamps of Louisiana and in the state of Florida. It's just just never easy to get those guys. Um, I agree. Luke Montgomery tackle, uh, Miles Walker tackle, maybe not a project, complete project, but he's not probably a guy that's going to come in right away by any means. Um, they, they need another, they need another pure tackle in the class. And like we've said with, with quarterback, maybe it's just somebody we're not talking much about right now. Um, maybe it's one of those guys that from out West that Justin Fry was recruiting previously when he was, when he was at UCLA. Um, but I agree. It's not, <clears throat> it's not the worst situation. Um, but they definitely need to add another guy between now and February. And Matt, Matt, I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, you look at another guy who's a top 200 prospect, the number 14 tackle in the country, Caleb Lomu, who's 
currently trending toward Arizona. He's from Gilbert, Arizona. Ohio State's had success out there in Arizona, and Justin Fry was on the West Coast for a while. Maybe Ohio State decides that that he's worth taking a look at, and that's not me doing any reporting. That's just looking at the guys who are available in this class right now that not named Olas Alinen and not named Samson Okunlola and, you know, Caden Proctor was thrown out the window a long time ago, but you, I don't want to give Justin Fry a pass on this 23 class, but to, to try to come in and recruit a five-star tackle when you don't have a, a, you know, that relationship built up that I think you're going to see him try to do with the top tier 2024 tackles. It was always a tall task, man. And, and now to try to go out and, and get a guy like Olas Lennon and have to go against Alabama when Alabama has a, a more established offensive line than Ohio State does, uh, that's not going to be easy. Well, I want to address the first thing that you mentioned. And if Ohio State is is going to go out to Arizona, they have someone there that is already actively recruiting players, not only for his class, Dylan Rayola, 2024, but Dylan's also helping out with 23. He's trying to do whatever he can to help out the class that's before him. So they have an advantage in Arizona. But to address the second point, it seems like there is a lot of motion around Ohio State of we want to see what they do with Justin Fry. We want to see what this defense looks like with the guys that Ohio State has brought in, which I think is causing a lot of hesitation maybe on some of these bigger name recruits. They want to see the result rather than be part of something that's going to give the results to someone else. And that's merely speculation on my end, full disclosure. Um, but you can't help but to wonder, is, is that what's maybe holding some of these kids back? They don't know what they're getting into. They want to see what they're getting into before they commit to something, which you can't blame them for that because it's their decision. Obviously you have to respect their decision, but at the same time, that's enticing for someone else. Maybe it's just an interesting viewpoint. The last time Ohio State landed an elite offensive tackle, the kids being recruited right now were freshmen in high school. The last time Ohio State fielded an elite defensive, def- an elite defense, these kids were freshmen or eighth graders. And so what they see in the last two years of Ohio State in recruiting offensive linemen, and Paris Johnson hasn't played tackle yet, so they haven't seen that proof in that pudding. And the defense, the, the, since they've been recruited by Ohio State, the defense has not been good. And so Ohio State has to go out on the field and prove some things to some kids in, in September and in October and in November. Luckily, that's right around the corner. And so, uh, you know, is, is the class in a rut, I guess, to, to completely circle the wagon here? No, but – if the, if the team starts out in a little bit of a rut defensively or on the offensive line, then you could see a real rut on the recruiting trail because then it, it becomes a matter of, you know, it doesn't matter who's the defensive coordinator. Ohio State's struggling on defense. That's a problem. It doesn't matter who is the offensive line coach. Ohio State's struggling to land offensive tackles and, and produce first-round tackles. Then you've got a problem. But for right now, I just don't see any of this being a, a true, true problem yet. Uh, closing thoughts, Andrew. I mean, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other coaching staffs. You know, I, I, I think, I think Tackett, I love Tackett Curtis. I think he's a better linebacker than Troy Bowles. And for Lincoln Riley to go and get him away from Wisconsin and Ohio State, who are the longtime leaders. I mean, like I said, sometimes you just got to, you know, congratulate them for for doing a hell of a job on the recruiting trail. So 
that happens. And then, I mean, Alabama is just Alabama. They're a recruiting machine. Um, I, none of us should have been surprised that Justice Haynes committed to Alabama, but it was a little bit out of nowhere, but still it's Nick Saban. Um, but, you know, maybe Ohio State can get Desmond uh, Umi Zulu. I can never say his name right. Here in the next few weeks, uh, John Walker, um, they got time to kind of switch the momentum back in their direction. Desmond Umi Zulu, big time announcement coming soon, according to yeah. his Twitter. Like a top 20 or something, probably. <laughs> big time announcement coming is what he said. But big, time, big time announcement coming soon. You never know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know. I live on Twitter, man. I do. I really do. But my closing thoughts in the whole is Ohio State in a rut. Like I said at the beginning, not yet. They're not in a rut. But the way things are trending, they have all the potential in the world to get there. They also have all the potential in the world to not get there. They're in a dead period right now. And let's not forget how, how this month started for Ohio State. They picked up Jason Moore. They picked up Miles Walker at the tail end of the month. They had another weapon in Jelani Thurman. It's, it's not bad. It's not the world. The sky is not falling. Not yet. Not yet. And, and with those three receivers, with those cornerbacks, with the couple safeties they have, the potential to add more guys, this class is shaping up. You land Desmond Umiazulu. You land Caleb Downs uh, in a little bit of a stunner across the country. You land John Walker, and you get a couple linebackers like Arville Reese. Uh, you're in contention right away with maybe another tackle you're in contention for the number one class in the country according to on three because the way on three scores their classes and it's not as conventional as as what we're used to in scoring classes but this is the first you know the second true class now where we're starting to to develop a you know an understanding of how these on three rankings work and Ohio State's got a real chance to have the number one class if all of these targets come together I'm still not knocking I'm still not going to count the Buckeyes out just yet from that and I'm not going to keep you guys any longer on this show. So that's where we will end things on the Letterman Lounge. It was wonderful to sit around and hang out in the lounge with you guys. I would love to hang out with everyone who watches this video in the Letterman Lounge on the on thelettermanroad.com. Make sure you go there, subscribe, check out the Letterman Lounge, check out the message board, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your Letterman Row. We would love to see you there, and we will see you next time.